Welcome everyone to episode number seven of the Lead Volunteers Podcast, where we help you turn volunteer pains into ministry gains. I'm your host, Jeff Reining. And my name is Josh Denhart. And our goal with starting the Lead Volunteers Podcast was actually pretty simple. We want to help you, the ministry leader, get skills, get inspired, and get moving. Absolutely. We want to help you get skills to more effectively recruit, train, and retain volunteers and avoid ministry burnout. But we also want you to get inspired. We want to help you see that that like your volunteer leadership is a pathway for people to help uh, grow in Christ, right? But not only that, uh, we don't only just want to give you skills. We don't only want to get you inspired. We want to push you to move toward action. We want to get you moving. Exactly. We want this podcast to make you think. We want it to make you feel, but thinking and feeling that leads you to get moving and take action that can really change everything for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Now, listen, we're having a ton of fun with the podcast. Here we are on episode number seven. What do you say, Jeff? We jump in? Absolutely. So today we're talking about job descriptions for volunteers in your ministry. And while we all know job descriptions are super important, they often never really get created, especially <laughs> for volunteers. They don't, right? I mean, a recent study of 1,200 volunteers and nearly 600 pastors was conducted. Now, check this out. 56% of those pastors reported that they do not give job descriptions to their volunteers. Now, this was supported by 59% of those volunteers who were um, part of this survey. They were confirming that they were not given a job description. I got to tell you, Jeff, that blew my mind. Okay, so if this is true, 56% of pastors reported not having job descriptions for their volunteers. That means that likely about half of our listeners could fall into this category, which like no shame there. That's not my goal, but that's a pretty significant number. Don't it's you think? It's pretty big. And for sure, no shame indeed. Here's the deal. I get it. I worked at a church that had existed for 25 years. I worked there for 10 on staff. However, in those 25 years of that church uh, being in existence, it had never implemented any church-wide push uh, to have volunteer job descriptions. People were just recruited and they jumped into a role with no written description whatsoever. So why did this happen, right? Simply stated, Sunday's always coming. The urgent always pushes out the important. Therefore, year after year, this church just carried on and they had no job descriptions whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Which, I don't know, thinking about it, it has to be a time thing, right? I mean, I get it as a pastor. I'm I'm just trying to shove what feels like 100 hours of work into 50 into a 50 hour work week so I have time to spend with friends, family, etc. Exactly. Yes, but time is limited, right? So we have to do our jobs. We have tons of things to do and job descriptions never seem to get pushed to the front. They always seem to get pushed to a back burner, right? So uh, there's always more urgent things that need our attention. However, what if I told you, the listener, that not having job descriptions or not having a metric for success was one of the top reasons that people don't stay serving with you in your volunteer role. What if I told you that not having job descriptions means that people aren't staying with you serving in their role? And I could prove that. Would job descriptions now rise to a higher priority issue? Yeah, I think so. That's likely, but it's, I'm sure for me, I understand it's easy to push off because it's just so time consuming and Maybe that's just my experience, no, but it, they seem deceptively hard to create. They are very hard to create. Actually, for me, uh, for, first of all, you're not crazy. I that's agree. That's good to know. Yeah, right. <laughs> In my experience, writing job descriptions was the single hardest task that I sought to undertake. Now, it was rewarding. I got better at it. I got faster, but it was super hard. There are two major traps, I think, that people fall into when it comes to job descriptions. First, we don't have them. Okay. But even worse... If we do have them, 
often they are so long, so esoteric, and so like all-encompassing that it basically they're automatically rendered useless. Okay, so when you say they're really long or they're esoteric, what what do you mean? I get long, but maybe some of our listeners might appreciate a little further explanation. Exactly. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, here's how many job descriptions are written. So a church board uh, wants them to be written. Uh, let, let's, let's say that that's one of the tasks for the year. Now, they may start with this brand new mission statement of the church, and they've created this mission statement in the boardroom, and they've labored literally hours over each and every word. Uh, that mission statement is typically super elaborate. Now, I'm not saying like the catchphrase, like, you know, share Christ with all today. or not, No, I'm not talking about their mm-hmm. like... Often there's these really elongated mission statements. Now, the next step in the board's minds, let's say, is they want this mission statement to be realized in every area of the church. Super good thought. Good in theory. Now, the next step starts down the road of futility and starts down that road pretty fast. The job description for the fifth and sixth grade game leader, like it begins to rival the Apostles' Creed or the Westminster (laughs) Greater Catechism. Like, seriously, stop the madness. The game person needs to, number one, make them sweat for the gospel tonight and make sure that they share the instructions in under three minutes. That's it. The job description does not need to cover every single core belief in the church. So we either don't have job descriptions or they become so cumbersome and convoluted that your average volunteer, number one, has no idea what they're supposed to do and they probably will never read it. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I can totally understand. I think that makes sense as to why job descriptions seem so hard and daunting as a task to do. We're kind of making them into something that they weren't intended to be, trying to create this (laughs) all-encompassing document for leaders to follow. And the point really is just to tell people what to do, right? Exactly. So so here's the deal. Beyond this, they got to have something they, they can measure. Right? So the game leader, let's take this guy. Did they make him sweat? Yes or no? Did they share the instructions in under three minutes? Yes or no? They need to know not only what they're supposed to do, make him sweat, but they need to know themselves whether they accomplished that or not. That needs to be like embedded in that. Can they themselves measure? Okay, Jeff, have you ever heard of smart job descriptions or smart goals? Mm-hmm. Yep, everyone's favorite type of goal. I think it stands for. Uh, S-M-A-R-T, specific, measurable, action-based, realistic, and time-sensitive, right? Exactly. So, uh, this job description for our game guy, is it specific? Yes, make him sweat. Also, is it specific? Yes, can you can you share it in under three minutes? Is it measurable? Yes or no? Yep, did you make him sweat? Did you do it in three minutes? Whatever. It's also time-sensitive, do it this week. It's action-oriented, make him sweat, share instructions. There's something, though... Um, for them to do, right? There is an action. Here's the deal. Is it realistic? R. Now, the task would be unrealistic if I asked them, share the game instructions in under 15 seconds. Duh. That's <laughs> unrealistic. But but it does have a time component associated, right? So do this tonight. Mm-hmm. Well, question for you quick. Why did you insert the phrase for the gospel at the end of that one? I'm sure it has its purpose and you're not just trying to be churchy, right? <laughs> right. Very much so, right? It's super intentional. Now, this would be the, the job instruction. Share. So it would be on a name tag. So in the front it would say Jim Smith. And on the back it would actually have these two lines. It would say, make them sweat, right? Make them sweat for the gospel and share the instructions in under three minutes. Now, I would pull this leader aside and I would say, brain, 
research clearly shows that a well-oxygenated brain is better equipped to receive instruction. As soon as this game time is over, kids are going to be sitting down on Wednesday night and they're going to have a mini message and the gospel is going to be shared. So if you, game leader, make them sweat, you're partnering with the lead teacher to bring about learning of this most important topic, the gospel. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's super intentional. I think this person, now they're able to measure for themselves if they did a great job every single week. Like, did they take 12 minutes to share the game instructions? If yes, then they took way too long because (laughs) of what the job description says. And so did the kids sweat and was a fifth grade and sixth grade teaching room all of a sudden filled with some awesome body odor smells that come (laughs) along with that? Or have they figured out how to use the odor yet? But it's measurable. You can measure it, right? And I mean, you're a youth guy. Are there games out there that are just too stinking complicated to play? Absolutely. And so like if it takes 14 minutes to share the game instructions and you have a 25 minute game time, that is a fail. Yeah. And I've fallen prey to that to have having games that I think, oh, this is going to be a good one. Found this online and then start to explain it and it turns into five minutes and then the hands go up. Wait, what did you mean by that? Wait, what did you mean by that? I thought I was clear. Okay. 15 minutes gone by. And then the game itself takes half hour. It's easy to do. So having a simple job description to know, okay, I got to wrap this up. Okay. This game was a flop. We should not try this again. And right. And so then you all of a sudden have an opportunity to, at the end of it to go, I mean, cause like this is an ongoing job, right? This isn't a, the only time you're ever doing a game. Mm -hmm. So if you, if your person takes 16 minutes, then there's at least an opportunity to say, wow, what, what, you know, maybe pick a different game next time. There's, there's a, there's a reason for a discussion. Now here's the crazy thing, Jeff, you and I, we've been in ministry for a long time at a drop of a hat. I have a number of games that I could pick out and play with adults or kids almost instantly. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That's not the point. I don't want to be the game guy. I want to be the director of the entire ship. And so me passing on games to someone, again, this is just a random example, but I don't want you as a youth pastor to ever lead the games. Now you're like, oh, but I'm so good at it. I don't care (laughs) if you're good at it. I want to make you good at passing it on to someone else. Yeah. If you pass it on to someone else, there's a way to pass it on that makes it easy for them. And there's a way to pass it on that they're fumbling through this. And then you look at them and say, they sucked at that. And I'm mm-hmm. going to take it back over for them. And now you're back to square one. You're doing all the ministry. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And so a job description to say, dude, here's the deal. Make them sweat. Share it in under three minutes. Can you do that? Now, I'm going to unpack that for them. But if it's on the back of their name tag, they can absolutely see this is what we've been reviewing. Also, that person is walking back to their car and you're like, hey, hey, Bill, Bill. Yeah. Hey, dude. Great job. Qu- question. Did you hit it? Yeah, man. I-, I explained the instructions a little bit long, but at least he now knows that we have a benchmark. He can measure. Does that make sense? Exactly. And I think that that's super important. But the bottom line is I want to get you, Jeff, to never lead games again. Oh, that'd be great. Not because you're not awesome. The reason I want to get you out of that job is because you're awesome. I want somebody else to be awesome. I want the bench for ministry to be super, super, super long. Now, back to the deodorant idea, right? I mean, come on. Such a fun age. (laughs) These preteens, man. Can I have the job description that that game leader needs to say at the beginning of each night? Hey, no, don't forget. Bring a friend and bring some deodorant. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to write that one down. Right. So here's the deal, Jeff. 
Um, you have been involved in some job description writing in this particular season in your ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been a lot of my last four or five months. Four or five months! I know you have. Here's the deal. Your church brought me in for a full-day consulting experience through the Lead Volunteers material. And in that time, we determined two really important things that needed to happen right away. Job descriptions and teardown relief. Now, please explain for me what I mean by teardown relief. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're a mobile site church plant. We're about four and a half years old, but we're still setting up in an elementary school gym. All of our classrooms, or the classrooms in the school is where we put all of our kids' ministry, and then we have check-in. So kind of walk in, there's coffee in our guest information table and big banners that we have to set up. and then Pipe down, and drape. Pipe and drape, and yeah, the kids' info table, the check-in system, and then you each classroom has to be set up differently and the nursery is a little even more involved and set up. And then you walk into the gym and there's <laughs> cafe bistro lights and pipe and drape and chairs. You got to make it stage. look like a church, not a school. I mean, listen, there's a ton of people out there who are mobile church people. They're listening right now and they're like, been there, done that, carry on. But some mm -hmm. of people like have the blessing of having a church where they can walk in and like the sound system is already set up. Y'all don't have that. No. So we have to show up at six that we have a nine and 1030 service. So we get there at 630 with a setup team. But for the first really four years of being a church, we had our highest capacity key volunteers sticking around and doing all of the work after church too. So tearing it all down. Exactly. Uh, and they weren't being able to leave until about one in the afternoon, which for most of them meant having a six and a half hour volunteer shifts since they were likely helping out in different areas now, as well and showing sure. up early. And I would say that those people can be depended on at least for like the, like everybody's got that kind of startup energy because this is a brand new church. Everybody's pumped. I get that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Part being part of the launch team and being that's kind part of, of the an launch expectation. Team, that's kind of an expectation and their like heart is in it. But at the end of the day, that doesn't sound sustainable. It sounds actually horrible. So interestingly enough, job descriptions and teardown relief, they happened to coincide in that consulting time together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so Basically, the last, like I said, the last four, five months or so since you came in and, and talked us through some things, we laid out each individual area of our ministry from parking lot greeters to front door greeters to guest info greeters to guest floaters. And that's just, there's bulletin greeters, <laughs> there's gym floaters, and that's just our hospitality team. So right. each individual job at our church has probably three to five wins to go through in their job description. And, and so so we went through those things mm -hmm. and we, I, I'll never forget it, we had like all the whiteboard and all of the glass. It was full. It was full. All of the glass windows had writing on them. And the, the, the writing was simply saying, okay, what do you want from these people? And so from my favorite one was the parking person. And I remember there was a gal there. She was the children's person at the church. And she was like, kind of have a long distant gaze. And I said, okay, stop everything. Like, what are you thinking right now? And she goes, I don't, I'm confused. I mean, I don't even know where to begin. And that's the problem, right? Because people don't understand. They're like, where do we even start with job descriptions? And so like for the parking lot person. So my point is in saying that she was confused is there's probably people out there like, oh yes, job description sounds great. Where do we even begin, mm -hmm. right? So with the parking lot person, simple enough. Now I remember them off the top of my head because it was like, was like, like seared into my memory. Do you remember at least a couple of the wins for the parking lot person? Yeah, no, they are be the first welcoming face that people see when they drive in through the parking lot. By? By smiling. 
and, and and waving, which I think those were those were their two like tangible things, mm-hmm. right? So you basically a car walks in, you want to be going crazy, smiling and waving at everybody. So there's just some good energy. Also, make it people aware that you're there, and so they don't yes, so they you s- run you over. But they they see the bright yellow vest. That's another win as to wear your uniform. We have the fun lightsaber wands that they yes. can wave all over the place in their bright reflective vests. But we also have guest parking. So another win was if someone, if a new person identifies themselves, puts on their flashers. As we have a sign that says, "Put on your flashers if you're new." And people do that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so direct them to the guest parking and then kind of direct them, show them where the front door is so they can get there without any confusion and kind of eliminate some of that confusion that can come with person going to a church for the first time. Absolutely. And uh, let's see, but here's the thing this, I want to interrupt you real quick because, because we, so I came in for the consulting thing, right? Mm -hmm. And I, and I came to church to kind of check this out. And the interesting thing is, is that I saw these people and they waved and smiled. And I was like, okay, we're winning here. Before that, it was just kind of a a job to kind of look at people coldly and point to a space. Mm -hmm. And so now, like it was almost, we we, we tried in our meeting to gamify this. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. That we had, okay, can you get, how many of you can get somebody to wave back at you? Yeah, that was one of the ones. (laughs) See how many waves you can get and then report that number (laughs) to our... uh, to, to your head person yeah. who kind of is like the guest services person. Mm-hmm. My point is, is that we, we spent like an entire day really boiling down these things. And it does not need to be the greater like catechism. It doesn't need mm-hmm. to be, it doesn't need to rival the apostles creed. We exist to <laughs> no. no, exactly. And I think probably where you're going with this, but where we started was what's the vision? Like, what do we want for the parking lot? people right we don't want them just standing there and pointing to parking spaces we want them to be the first welcoming face that people see we want them to bring smile to people's face eliminate confusion okay so how are we going to so do, do that now three exactly. to five things yes. so probably more than five it gets a little lost in the shuffle it does but get lost a few things what can i do specifically each and every week to do that and so okay. we laid it out for every single part of our ministry exactly every single part now we've zeroed in on like game guy we zeroed in on whatever parking lot person those are two super easy ones but we made it easy for every other area right mm-hmm. but this took time now here's the funny thing you even took it a step further based on what we had set up because you can hand somebody a job description it's probably not going to mean that much to them to be quite honest with you it might be on the back of a name tag that's a positive thing but we had you take it a step further talk about that because i had you guys so we created a video for each one of these little wins wins and so it's a lot video is kind of my jam do a lot of video editing for the youth group and for the church so it's kind of in my wheelhouse and i thought this would be good and if you listen to our last episode we talked about meeting without the meeting and so how can we do that for each one of these wins and help train our volunteers to get these wins just locked into their brain and so for each individual thing i think i've made over 80 videos so far and we've got a few more to go but there's an overview video so if someone is interested in volunteering in this area okay this is what it looks like here's a general overview here's what all the all of the wins are here's some b-roll footage of b-roll footage of being in the parking Mm -hmm. lot just so you have a visual okay this is this is what i'm getting myself into are you interested in trying it out scheduling a try it day perfect we'll get you set up you try it okay i think i'm in i'm gonna 
be a parking lot volunteer. Then we have five individual videos, one for each one of the wins. And by the way, these are not like 14-minute videos for the love. No, minute and a half. Minute and a mm -hmm. half. And so then what you're able to do then is drip, D-R-I-P, drip that content. Kind of like the Chinese water torture. No, it's not. We, <laughs> nope. Wrong not idea. Wrong idea. <laughs> but my point is, is that you're not throwing a glass of water in their face and the majority of it falls mm -hmm. off of them. Which is what can happen, I think, at the... Thursday night meeting for two hours. Oh, Come my learn. soul. It's, here's everything you're going to need to know for the year. No. You're half yes. asleep, checking out, and not going to remember way, anything. As we said earlier, the majority of people don't even come to that. Mm -hmm. Who wants to come to another nightly meeting? And so, then you're chasing volunteers who didn't it. come and trying and, to get and, all that information out again. Yes. And so then those volunteers end up just stepping in coldly because we have not set up a track that's easy for them to, to like get in, right? Mm -hmm. So by you sending out a quick email, with a quick little short video, by the way, well-produced, by the way. Mm -hmm. Now, they, oh, Thank you. But You're welcome. But they don't have to be, like, good gracious, on my person right now, nobody can see this, but I'm holding up my iPhone. Which has a better camera than, <laughs> right. yeah, the cameras in our phones are amazing. Are amazing. So you don't have to have high, high, high production, truly. Mm -hmm. But the win, Jeff, that you and your church did is that you literally slowed things down and you made simple job descriptions that have like three simple points. Not that hard, right? Mm. So if you are a children's person, you've got three simple things that we want you to do. If you are a sound person, we want you to do three simple things. And there's videos associated with those. Now listen, if you're out there listening, I don't want you to get freaked out. You're like, well, I obviously need to throw this episode in the trash can <laughs> because... They made 80 videos. Now, we met together as a, like I came in to consult with you guys like eight months ago, seven, six months ago. Mm -hmm. And so you've been- And they're still in production. Yeah, We're, we're slowly still... and methodically, but you guys caught the vision how if you want to grow as a church, you cannot keep doing the same things, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, meeting in one of the classrooms at the school while teardown is happening for an hour after church no. to not hear what we're saying is just hasn't been effective Okay, for that's us. funny. To meet in the church as teardown is happening so that they cannot hear what you're saying. That's almost laughable, yeah. right? But that's what happens. That's and what so, happens. Yeah, it's a lot of work and it has been a lot of work. Not an unbearable amount of work, well, but would... just slowly planning out how to get each job description, get a couple done each week and add those up, do the videos. And now that's probably, I can't even probably quantify how much time that's going to save us in the recruiting process down for the road. For sure, right? So all of a sudden, let's let's like take a, that's exactly where I was going. Let's just envision for a second that somebody is sitting in the pew, sitting in a chair. Sorry, we don't have pews. They're sitting in a chair and they're like, you know what? I've been going to this church for five weeks. I think it's time for me to get involved. They fill out, they take a card and they go, I would like to whatever, fill out, a the, the, check a box. Mm -hmm. So then you as a church now have a scalable system where you can send them, by the way, a canned email. Mm -hmm. Just that, sitting in the drafts, ready sitting, to go. Sitting in the drafts, ready to go. And that canned email has, hey, thank you so much for showing interest in and a parking lot. Here is a quick overview video. We would love to partner you with someone who is an experienced parking lot person. What date would you like? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Set up a triad day. Set That's up a triad day. That's the language day. we use. That's the language you use. Set up a triad day. So at this point, that person who checked a box, they have an 
you guys as a staff have an instantaneous next step. You send that thing out, they look at it, they click that video, and they're like, oh, I can see this. There's like a little music bed with it. I can feel this. I mean, it's you're so far ahead of somebody who would all of a sudden say, I want to fill this out. And then it's sitting on an administrative assistant's desk with mm -hmm. a whole bunch of other checks. And it's like, okay, who's going to call this person? So it's a log jam. Absolutely. And that's what you guys were experiencing. Am I right? Mm -hmm. And so I remember um, the leader, the senior pastor of this church said there, and I agree with him and I say it a different way, but he said it like this. There's no way that we're going to be able to serve people in a great way, the way we're currently doing it. Mm -hmm. we, we're we not going to be able to pull that off. So you got to slow down and like put in the work. And I'm proud of you, right? Because you guys are a three and a half, four-year-old church. Mm -hmm. Just turned four in September, so a little over four. This church that I was a part of for 25 years had none of this. Why? Because they didn't see the value in slowing things down and taking some serious progress ahead. I, I'm telling you, man, I could start preaching here. <laughs> <laughs> love that. No, I love all of these thoughts. And truly, that is a testimony to what we're talking about, the fact that we are doing this as a church and it, it's working. It's saving time and it's becoming a more efficient system. And the most important thing, our volunteers are happier. They're coming <laughs> back with feedback saying, this is so much better than what you were doing before. And I f don't feel like I'm running around with my head cut off, not knowing if I'm succeeding as a volunteer. And I don't feel like I'm just kind of trapped in a volunteer role forever. Okay. So I appreciate what you guys are doing. Okay, so I got to say, now this is true. You can testify to this. At this moment in the podcast, I, Josh, have goosebumps. <laughs> that blesses me, right dude. That's the truth. Now here's the deal. I'm going to close out our time today with reading this. Just this, this, I, I wrote something and I want to read it real quick. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay, so imagine you see a job opening that piques your interest. Now, this is you as a person, Jeff, like you as a job or the listener as a job. You see a mm -hmm. job opening that piques your interest. You approach to learn more. You learn that there is no job description. There is no specific skill sets required for you to know whether this job is in your wheelhouse or not. The role basically states boldly, starts immediately, but gives no clear end date. You learn there is no upfront training or onboarding process. It appears as if you just start. Now, as to what you're doing, you assume that you'll just figure it out as you go. The interviewing manager, if you could even call it an interview, is so scattered and overwhelmed that it clearly uh, it becomes super clear that this person is going to have little to no ongoing interaction with you for support, guidance, and direction. And I forgot to mention, you're not paid. Now, let me ask you, Jeff, would you take this job? Uh, no, it kind of sounds terrible. Sounds terrible, right? There's no job description. There's no skill set required. You don't know whether it'd be a good fit for you. The role says starts now, has no ending. Um, there's no training. And the person who looks to be your boss is a spaz and is running around with the chicken with their head cut off. So, however, people, this is the offer that we are giving to volunteers in the local church all the time. This is our problem as leaders in the church. Um, it's not the problem of skeptical volunteers. Like this is a toe step moment. If volunteers are skeptical to serve, it's probably because they look at this convoluted thing and they're like, dude, this looks like it's going to be a train wreck for my life. Mm -hmm. Point being, you need job descriptions. We'll talk later on about simple gift assessments, right? Well, we talked today about a little bit of training, maybe even through video. 
but it comes down to having relationships with your volunteers. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And so now as we close up, I, I just want to say something, again, it can seem like a daunting task to get all of these job descriptions out and, and ready to go, but I know it's been super helpful for us. And this is a plug, but it's a plug that has been super helpful for us having lead volunteers to help fast track the job description writing process right, you've laid some job descriptions out for us or yeah. for people who have the course so could you explain a little bit about that as we yes, close up i got it so uh the resource is called lead volunteers lead volunteers is an online master level course to help ministry leaders get organized stop the revolving door of volunteers and prevent ministry burnout here's the deal though lead volunteers has 71 completed job descriptions for every single area in the church children's ministry, junior high and high school ministry. They have job descriptions done and completed. Uh, special needs ministry, job descriptions completed. Completed women's ministry, usher, greeter, parking lot attendant, job descriptions, all of those are done already. Now, Jeff, would it be nice to at least have a starting point to creating job descriptions? Absolutely, yeah. And it's been super helpful for us, like I've said. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So go to leadvolunteers.com and check it out. It just helps you to have a fast track or a little bit of an easy button, right? Mm -hmm. And that will do it for us today. We hope that this episode has been helpful for you and you've enjoyed listening to the Lead Volunteers podcast. Please scroll down, add a comment, give us a five-star review, and share this resource with a friend. We need your help to let other like-minded ministry leaders get skills, get inspired, and get moving. We'll see you next time.